Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the theology of the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brett Bowe discuss their faith journey and why the Lutheran Confessions are so important to the church today. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe from King of Glory Lutheran in Shakopee, and we are excited to have you listening to us. And uh, over uh, to my side here is... I'm Pastor Jason Goodham. I'm at Faith Free Lutheran Church in South Minneapolis, uh, and this has kind of been the brainchild of the adult Sunday school class that we're doing here at Faith. A few years ago, I was asked by different members independent of one another for, uh, they asked me if I would teach in Sunday school or preach a sermon series on why uh, we were Lutheran. And I thought, well, the best way to go about talking about why we're Lutheran is to look at the very first documents that the very first Lutherans produced when they were asked why they were Lutheran. And so, uh, you know, what you're going to be hearing over the next however many episodes is a a little slice of who Brett and I are Mm -hmm. uh, as Christians and as pastors and uh, why that is so important to us. In my case... Uh, I'm looking at almost 10 years ago, actually a little bit more than 10 years ago, it was this past summer, uh, the summer of 2006, 10 years ago now, uh, where I uh, very really almost walked away from the faith. Wow. I, uh, I found myself in a situation where I just was not a good Christian. I wasn't a good father. I wasn't a good husband. Uh, and uh, it was because of sin in my life that I mm-hmm. kept seeing and it was a dark and stormy night, again, quite literally, and I was sobbing uh, in the middle of the night on my couch, and I prayed a prayer to God and said, God, if you can't make me into a good Christian while I'm in seminary, then Christianity isn't for me. I'm done. I'm walking away because I can't do it anymore. I'm not a good Christian. I wasn't being a good Christian, um, and I was always associating the expression of my personal piety, the expression of my personal holiness with my success or failure as a Christian. And so constantly aware of sin in my life, uh, I was measuring myself against that standard and failing. And thankfully, I went to seminary that next summer or that next school year, uh, started things up. You and I, Brett, shared a desk for three semesters in seminary. And uh, I came across for the first time in my life, the Book of Concord. Uh, and the Book of Concord is the Lutheran uh, explanation of what makes us Lutherans. And it was a particular section in the Apostles' Creed, uh, in the large catechism, as Martin Luther explains the teaching of the Apostles' Creed, the third article, where I read a couple of these quotes, and I'm just going to read them directly out of the Book of Concord for you. Uh, the first quote that really got my attention and started waking me up uh, is, uh, it says that, so that this treasure, and Luther is referring to the gospel, So that this treasure might not stay buried, but be received and enjoyed. God has caused the word to go forth and be proclaimed. In the word, he has the Holy Spirit bring this treasure home and make it our own. Therefore, sanctifying is making it our own. Therefore, sanctifying is just bringing us to Christ. So we receive this good, which we could not get ourselves. And that was the the light bulb moment for me. Uh, I was having a sanctification issue in my life, aware of sin. Mm -hmm. Uh, and wondering how I can root out sin in my life. 
and, and I have found this to be the case in five years now as a pastor, that most people think that sanctification is their part of mm-hmm. the Christian faith, that it's my responsibility, it's what I am doing that sanctifies me, it's my success or failure at not sinning. And here for the first time I heard that sanctification mm-hmm. was returning to the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. Right. And so I, I remember the exact moment sitting at my desk my house, my eyes got really big. I started reading faster. <laughs> I turned the page, and this was the quote that sealed the deal. And, okay. and it was like, you know, in Saul, in his conversion story in Acts, where the scales fell off of his eyes after Ananias prayed for him, this was the moment. Uh, I, continuing on in the third article of the Creed, it said, Everything, therefore, in the Christian church is ordered to this goal. We shall daily receive in the church nothing but the forgiveness of sins mm-hmm. through the word and the signs to comfort and encourage our consciences as long as we live here. So even though we have sins, the grace of the Holy Spirit does not allow them to harm us, for we are in the Christian church where there is nothing but continuous uninterrupted forgiveness of sins. And that was the moment where I realized my being a Christian was all about my sins being forgiven Mm -hmm. and confident that I stood before God on a daily basis, not being graded on my performance, but being graded on the righteousness of Christ, which was mine by faith uh, and my sins being forgiven. Yeah, that is tremendous. Uh, Thanks for sharing that, Jason. And I hope that uh, you as a listener come to appreciate uh, just the story of where we've come from and how we've gotten interested in this real treasure of the gospel. And I appreciate how you brought that out in your story there of of how it was the, the sweetness of the gospel for you in your struggle of the life of sanctification. And uh, I'd like to share a little bit of, of why I'm interested in in being Lutheran as well. And, you know, even as you were sharing your story, it made me think that my story is a, is also a sanctification story, but it's almost from the complete opposite end of you. You, Jason, were somewhat broken and and just maybe in despair, and maybe I don't know if I could really pinpoint this in my life, but I think maybe I was on the other end of being prideful. And I remember, and and Jason and I, we went to seminary together. I was a year ahead of you, even though you're older than me. Probably yeah. not by much. What would you say? I, don't know. I think I'm two years older than you. There I you think, go. Yeah. yeah. So we're pretty close in age. But anyhow, um, got to seminary before you. And I remember sitting in class with you there at seminary and some of our other classmates and teachers too, they were starting to bring out this distinction of law and gospel and I remember sitting there being really angry. I'm almost upset at what was being said. And I guess as I thought about it, um, I, I was living my life as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, kind of with that mixture of, of law and gospel, that gospel or whatever, <laughs> whatever you would call that, uh, with no distinction between the two. And in seminary, as I started to see those uh, clearly dis- made uh, distinct from each other, it, it really opened up my eyes to see that, um, and I don't know if I was overly prideful, but my pridefulness was confronted that um, I needed God's grace uh, more and more. And I remember feeling just the real, uh, from the anger to relief of, wow, this this distinction between law and gospel 
makes the law uh, be very sharp and convict me of sin, and the gospel becomes sweet and is purely for me as a person, as a believer in Christ. And so I think that was a moment where it really clicked with me that being a Lutheran is a great thing because we have the treasure of the gospel. We have the treasure of the distinction between law and gospel. And and so my my anger turned into acceptance, turned into excitement. And uh, hopefully we can convey that to everyone here as uh, we go through the Being Lutheran podcast material. I pray that uh, you are blessed by that distinction too, listener, um, as you hear us uh, walk through uh, what we'll be uh, walking through. Yeah, it's... I, I want to reiterate in this that you and I aren't doing this because we're pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing this because of the shared experience, that that shared gospel experience, yeah. where it, it really is this teaching from Scripture that we are saved apart from our efforts. And, and you highlighted that we're coming from opposite ends of the spectrum as mm-hmm. far as sanctification is concerned, but we arrived at the same destination, the same yeah conclusion. And for me, uh, almost all of my ministry as a pastor boils down to having this necessity of assurance of salvation, right? Uh, because that's where I'm coming from as a Christian, is that I lived so many lives, so many years as a Christian without mm-hmm. assurance, where I was on this sliding scale of morality, always bouncing back and forth between, well, if I've done my devotions regularly, and if I've been going to church, and if I've been going to Bible study, and I've been living a mostly pious life, God and I are, are really close yep. right now. Jesus, My relationship with Jesus is doing all right, uh, where uh, on the other side, if I'm aware of sin, and I have not been pious, and I mm-hmm. haven't felt like being a Christian, then we have this tendency to think that we're far away from God, mm-hmm. that we're, we're separated from him uh, by these efforts or, or lack thereof. And, uh, you know, as I was reading through the Book of Concord, as I was studying scripture, once I had that moment of, you know, forgiveness of sins all the time for me, uh, all these phrases just beginning to pop out. It's comfort for burdened consciences, assurance of salvation, mm-hmm. absolute certainty right. of where you stand with God at all times. Yeah. And this is the driving force behind the material. Right. And this is the driving force between uh, behind what I believe our lives as Christians. And, uh, you know, as we dive into this material, I, I want you listener to know that we're not trying to be angry, curmudgeonly, uh, dogmaticians in the sense of, in the negative sense, we're, and we're going to talk about that as we go along, but we want you to understand that this is good, sound, healthy teaching, and it's good to know what you believe, know why you believe it, and cling to it and rejoice in it. Yeah, we're, we're kind of dealing with, uh, with subject matter that has a lot of baggage, uh, that comes with it. For on the one thing, we're going to be talking regularly about doctrine mm-hmm. and about theology. Right. Uh, and immediately, when when those words start popping out, people start thinking about the ivory tower academics that doesn't matter for my life right now. Right. And you get into debates about how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, mm-hmm. or can God create a rock so big that only He can lift it. And, uh, you know, those might be fun philosophical concepts, but the goal of what we're talking about is that real doctrine, real theology from Scripture is always practical. It's always relevant because doctrine is truth. 
This is why we communicate it. This is why it's important. The, the second baggage is that we're going to be talking about theology as it's presented in the confessions, right. the Lutheran confessions, the Book of Concord, those 10 documents that the original Lutherans back in the 1500s, Luther himself, his mm-hmm. friend Melanchthon, and then the generation after them put together. Uh, the confessions come with this great big warning label for people that, mm-hmm. why aren't you just studying scripture? Right. And the fact of the matter is that as we look at at how the confessions are organized and we hear what they're saying, they are speaking back scripture to us mm-hmm. because we believe that the confessions are faithful, right. accurate summaries of scripture. They don't replace scripture. Sure. They're not more important than scripture, but they're a way of making scripture accessible mm-hmm. from a theological perspective. Sure. Wait, Jason, would you say that the confessions are sort of like a cliff notes to the Bible. Would you say that's a, an accurate way to describe it? I, it's it's one way of looking at it. Sure. Yeah, you, you you want a summary. The the best the analogy I always use when I talk to people who have this aversion to thinking about confessions is. Like, yeah, there is nothing wrong with studying the Bible. We're commanded to do it. There's benefit. This is how the Holy Spirit communicates grace to us, so on and so forth. Uh, And I say, well, why don't you start uh, developing all the verses in the Bible that talk about the Trinity? Mm Mm-hmm. And where do you even start with that? I mean, it it would take us years and years and years to pack all of that teaching together. Well, now in the confessions, mm-hmm. when we go to a document like the Augsburg Confession, right. and we go to a document like the Formula of Concord, and, and even uh, as we talk about the Apostles' Creed and the other creeds, you have the Trinity summarized, mm-hmm. and you have passages that are either directly quoted or alluded to that you can start your study with and and that's the benefit of the confessions. The other benefit the confessions have for us is that they're governing documents for us. So mm-hmm. that if it's just you in the Bible, what always right. ends up happening is that you end up being the Lord over the Bible. You just believe how you want to believe based on however faithful uh, you are to to interpreting it properly. Uh, in the confessions, we're saying that others have done this for us and they have done a better job than we could do. And so we're submitting ourselves to that authority for the purpose of not running away with false doctrine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to say something along the lines of, I have no creed, but the Bible, what we're saying is the, the confessions. And, and by the way, too, when we say confessions, we're not saying that we're, you know, when you, when we use the term confession to say, I'm sorry for something, or I apologize for something, uh, owning up to a sin, but what we're saying is this is what we believe. And uh, so when we're looking to a, a group of writings, the confessions, the Lutheran confessions, we're saying that uh, those guys back then did a great job of taking Scripture and, and summarizing it so that we can have it moving forward. And, and you've expressed that well, uh, Jason. It's taking what has been already done for us and making it an explanation. So the fact that you and I are both Lutheran pastors— Uh, and members of Lutheran churches, and you and I have both, in fact, grown up Lutheran, Uh, what does that even mean? And again, you have the the, the notion that doctrine divides us. Mm -hmm. You could look at it that way. There's Baptists and Methodists and Roman Catholics and Presbyterians and Mm -hmm. and all sorts of different denominations, but it's also doctrine that gives us the boundaries of why we are who we are. It it gives us, uh, you know, this is distinctly Lutheran and... uh, you know, for instance, the, the easiest one for Lutherans to go to is that we baptize babies. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a reason from Scripture 
why we do that. And there's a reason uh, why the Baptists, our Baptist cousins in the Christian faith, Mm -hmm. do not baptize infants. And now that gives us a point to interact and discuss things. And we're not saying that Baptists or Methodists or Presbyterians Mm -hmm. aren't saved, but we are saying that based on what we see in Scripture, we disagree about these important things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we don't have to apologize for being in one camp or another, but what we are supposed to do, and we want to encourage you, listener, to study for yourself and to really come to believe, uh, as you look at Scripture, come to a conviction, a strong conviction, and hold to it and, and live in light of that. And as you study for yourselves, as you listen to what Brett and I are discussing and conversing about, we would invite you to shoot us any questions um, the email address you can reach us at for questions is beinglutheranpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have to have podcasts in there. I want to make this distinction right away. Uh, if you have already been a consumer of Lutheran theology, you'll know that earlier this year in 2016, uh, there was a book released by mm-hmm. Concordia Publishing House called Being Lutheran. Uh, I haven't had an opportunity to read it yet, but I've heard many good things about it. But all of this is to say that we're not affiliated with Concordia Publishing right. House. We're not affiliated with Being Lutheran or its author. Uh, those are specific uh, functions of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And you and I are both AFLC pastors. Right. Yeah. And should we even say that the opinions expressed, you know, what is that disclaimer? That <laughs> <laughs> the opinions expressed in this podcast are those only of the pastors. And right. that's true. Yeah. You know, we're only uh, giving expressions of who you and I are Correct. as Christians and as pastors, which is all we can do. Right. But uh, we are going to give this disclaimer that we are going to try to remain faithful first and foremost to Scripture. Mm-hmm. And secondly, first, uh, secondly and second most, uh, to the Lutheran confessions, mm-hmm. so that you have a source to go back to and see, well, this is what the Bible is saying. This is what the Book of Concord is teaching us. And if, you, if we say something incorrectly or we miscommunicate something, uh, ask us a question. Shoot us some feedback. Again, beinglutheranpodcast at gmail.com. Well, I think that will do it for our first episode of Being Lutheran. Thank you for listening, and uh, I think you've gotten a good introduction into who we are as pastors, as believers in Christ, and uh, we look forward to diving into this good news of the gospel that's found in the Lutheran Confessions. And uh, I hope that you are encouraged and that you are blessed and that you keep listening. And Jason, do you have any closing thoughts for us in this first episode? Well, I just wanted to say that uh, I would imagine that many people who would be listening, and I think I'm probably being generous with the term many uh, right (laughs) now, uh, if you share a common experience with Brett and I, this information is for you. And I would imagine that uh, a a large percentage of the people listening have had one of those two uh, shared experiences. Either you've been brought to the place of despair mm-hmm. because of the knowledge of your sin and how it clings so closely, uh, or you've been uh, frightened by your pridefulness mm-hmm. and uh, what you assume is your own ability to please God based on your actions. Uh, this is the remedy. This is the answer. This is the certainty. This is the assurance. Uh, And the goal uh, of any Christian that we have for you as uh, pastors is that you would uh, live your life of faith with absolute certainty, knowing that not only God loves you, 
but that he has died for you and that he has forgiven all your sins. Thank you for joining us on Being Lutheran. Please check out our website at beinglutheran.com. Join us next time as Pastor Jason and Pastor Brett talk about confessions and why they are important.